Discover FX's Shogun, the official podcast available now. Every legend begins with a story. Listen and explore episode by episode the story of war, passion, and power set in feudal Japan. Join host Emily Yoshida each week with the creators, cast, and crew in this exclusive companion podcast. They dive deep into the twists and turns of the plot, go behind the scenes, and explore the real-life history that informed the limited series based on James Clavell's best-selling novel. Search FX's Shogun wherever you listen to podcasts. This episode of Stuff They Don't Want You To Know is brought to you by Alienware. During Dell Tech Fest, score game-changing innovations with limited-time deals on select next-gen Alienware gaming tech. New dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the Alienware M18 laptop powered by an Intel Core i9 processor. Featuring awe-inspiring visuals, liquid cooling, three-dimensional audio with Dolby Atmos, and impressive overclocking potential. Plus, build your dream setup with great deals on select gaming monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at Alienware.com deals, you'll have access to leading-edge gaming technology to conquer the competition and free shipping on everything. Amazing prices await you for a limited time only at Alienware.com deals. That's Alienware.com deals. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. Welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We are joined, as always, with our super producer, Paul, Mission Control, Deccan, in spirit, because today we have our returning super producer, Seth Johnson. Everybody give him a hand. Most importantly, you are you. You are here. And that makes this stuff they don't want you to know. I was thinking about this. How many people, on average, do you think are listening to today's show on a cell phone or maybe on a laptop with another electronic device? on in the background. Mm, I would say many, if not most. I uh, See, I'm thinking a lot of people probably have their phone in their pocket or on one of those cool little armbands when they're jogging. Yeah. yeah. Oh, people, yeah, dude. Runners. Okay. Or people who want to look like they have ran or will run somewhere okay. in the future. Yep. There's so some, there's I should some... chase those people? Is that what you're saying? Sure. I, okay. Yeah, yeah. 
Give them, give them some stakes. You know what I mean? I that's think true. that's what's missing for joggers yeah. today. I feel, like, you know, I feel like jogging is just practice for, you know, running away from something. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like these people are very paranoid. One of my – this might be a hot take, but one of my very old and dear friends years back, uh, you guys know him, he told me – he told me that one of the first signs of gentrification in a neighborhood was people running when no one's chasing them. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. He's a weird guy, but I thought it was a good point. I think so too. So, uh, so yeah. but the reason we're even mentioning this, mm-hmm. like multiple devices going on in the same audio space, is because that's one of the main uh, things we're going to be talking about today. Uh, our devices and potentially monitoring themselves. Right. Are you addicted to your phone, your television, or your tablet? Are you one of the people, like many of us, who can't really hold a conversation without at least checking in on this thing? I'm guilty of that. He's literally doing it right now, folks. Yeah, well, I'm kind of waving it around. (laughs) Do you find yourself tuning out, you know, when when the conversation is taking its course and then finding yourself tuning into the closest device, whatever that is? What? Like Right, exactly. Uh, so just for the lay of the land here, we have three laptops out open right now. Yeah. We all have our phones somewhere near our person. And we have, you know, a bevy of AV equipment that is probably the most innocent of the contraptions here, mm-hmm. right, in this room. And if you are one of those people who constantly finds yourself clicking in or, or dropping out of conversation, tuning into something else – you are not alone. Let's reiterate that because at first it sounds kind of nice, right? It sounds kind of like, oh, warm, fuzzy, huggy time. No, no, no. Think about it. You are not alone in multiple senses of the phrase. Here are the facts. Smartphones, smart devices, smart everything, really. It's everywhere, and uh, you're probably working with one right now just because you need the technology to listen to this. Today, let's, let's look at the Pew Research um, organization there. They've done – you know, they do statistics like nobody else. Mm-hmm. It is estimated, they say, that more than 5 billion people – have mobile devices, and over half of these connections are smartphones. So they're doing more than just uh, making a connection via satellite to another phone somewhere or from, you know, it's, it's not a landline anymore. It is, it's a phone. It's an encyclopedia. It's absolutely everything you could possibly do. It's I always internet. say it's like Ziggy from Quantum Leap. Yes. No, we literally no. have that in our hands now. Oh, That's, boy. It doesn't quite predict the future, but it comes damn close. Yeah, and this is that's a global number. Yes, right? throughout that's the a world. Number. So more than half of the people alive today have one of these things. It's I'm holding up the phone again like a prop. It's one of technology's uh, biggest breakthrough success stories of recent decades because just a few decades ago, no one had them. Exactly. Now 5 billion people have these. So get this. In the U.S. specifically, we've got 9 in 10 or more Americans aged 34 and under who have had a smartphone since 2015, um, while the ownership rate among the 50 and older age group has risen from 53% to 67% over the same period. Uh, One of my dearest, oldest friends who is in his um, early 50s very purposefully still has a dumb phone. Oh, Harry? Harry. Yeah, yeah. Very much on purpose. He just, like, he is old school in that way where he rejects a lot of this, like, overconnectedness. Yeah. And consequently, he's a much more thoughtful person than a lot of people <laughs> that I know. You well, know? well, after this episode, most of us are going to want to switch back. I oh, know, I know sure. Verizon, where I am, offers a flip phone option. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so – 
Nokia has never break too. Well, there yeah. you go. It, it seems more and more like a good option. Uh, we'll get into it though. Mm -hmm. Because it doesn't just stop with smartphones. Mm -hmm. We also are talking about smart TVs. And yes, Matt, you're absolutely right. This may well ruin some, uh, some people's day, uh, but this is important to know. So we checked out Statistica when we wanted to find some more stats and specs on smart TVs. The global TV set unit sales are projected to increase from 229 million units in 2016 to 259 million by 2020. That's pretty nuts because, you know, televisions shouldn't be this sort of disposable resource. They never were, right? Mm -hmm. But now more and more people are buying TVs more and more frequently. I mean, I have a smart TV that is made by Amazon. I'm sure it's made by some third-party manufacturer from overseas. Ooh, but it you is, have an Amazon I smart have, TV? You know why, though, you guys? Because it was dirt cheap, and it's it works <laughs> great. And I like the interconnectedness of it. But we'll get into some of the features that this, uh, well, you call it a feature. Yeah. It's really more like a, a bug. <laughs> It's no, no, like it literally is, a, a listening it's, surveillance it's a device. Feature, but just not for you. Yeah, feature or bug is in the eye of the beholder. <laughs> That's absolutely right. right. And in this case, the eye of the beholder is big data. Yeah, as of 2018, 70 percent of the televisions being sold across the planet are smart TVs, and a smart TV at the most basic explanatory level, is a television that combines a lot of features one would associate with a computer, right? So if you, like Noel, own a smart TV, you can watch your favorite shows, but you don't have to just watch them when they're on. You can also, you know, dial it up on demand, for instance. You can uh, connect it with your phone. Not to mention you can – it's very customizable. You can combine all of these different services into one kind of widget box, let's call it, where you have your Netflix. Netflix, you got yeah. your Hulu, you got your Amazon, which obviously my Amazon TV leans pretty heavily on. The global yeah. search on my Amazon TV searches like all of Amazon, and it gives you products, it gives you TV shows, it gives yeah. you other stuff that's you know in your set of apps or subscriptions, but very much leaning toward the Amazon side of things. Yeah, the most important thing about a smart TV, when we call it that, is that it's able to communicate with your network right. or the network that it's attached to. Yeah. And and could possibly see all of the other devices that are attached to that network. Could possibly, sure. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is true though. So Android is probably the most widely used operating system among smart TVs, but that by no means should be taken to indicate that other OSs aren't in there. iPhones are in there as well. Apple has a hand in this. And while smart device addiction is real, especially when we talk about mobile devices, it's – I think we should bracket that as the subject of its own episode in the future, assuming we don't get black bagged or disappeared. There's more to the story behind the purposefully addictive technology here. You see, while we stare into that electronic abyss, even though we might not know it, sometimes things in that abyss, in this sort of black mirror, are staring back at you. And we'll get into that right after a quick word from our sponsor. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. 
ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony DeLisandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like, da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like, it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Here's where it gets crazy. So we talked about smart devices. They're popular. Everybody loves them. They're the hottest thing since uh, uh, fresh baked sliced bread. Whatever. Yeah, they do all the stuff we need. They do all the stuff we want too, right? Mm -hmm. But with smart devices comes the concept of surveillance. And we've talked about this a little bit before in our previous episodes on big data or big data, whatever your preference may be. Oh, yeah. And if you're worried about, you know, your smart devices tracking you or anything, and you still have one of these Amazon Echoes or maybe a Google personal assistant, like a home or something plugged in and turned on, you can stop worrying. They've already got you. It's over. It's, it's just too late. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're having a little bit of fun there. I'm, that's that's not fully true. You think um, this is fun, Matt? <laughs> but, uh, but there is some sand to this idea, and we're going to get into it a little bit later. Remember back when PDAs were a thing? Sure. Personal, Personal digital assistants? Yeah. Now we have robot overlords that are, like, doing our bidding. But are they really? Are we not really just doing their bidding? Oh, God. Right? It's like the old, oh, man, there's so many weird ways to go with this. But we should talk about the nuts and bolts too, right? Because we know our smart devices have to keep track of the user. You have GPS. You have the Waze app or something. Mm -hmm. You're driving. You have Lyft. You have Uber, what have you, you know? All uh, things that make the stuff function and make it convenient for you. And then there are also a lot of apps that say, hey, we want permission to access your microphone or your location. And you're like, wow, Candy Crush, this is getting serious. <laughs> you know, I'm picking that as an example. I, I don't that, know. Is not, that is not That's one. not one? Okay, no. great. Well, at least we have Candy Crush uh, to remain as a sacrosanct example of good programming. But when our smart devices are keeping track of us, the kind of surveillance that they have is, as we can tell, uh, squarely aimed at tracking our preferences. Let me figure out what you like, says your mobile device, such that I can give you better offers, make it easier for you to say yes to things in the future. And that's why if you're on our Facebook group, here's where it gets crazy, you'll see 
you'll see all the strange, insidious examples ranging from hilarious to disquieting uh, about how – just how these algorithms can hone in. I think, Noel, you posted a meme recently uh, that was uh, Facebook-related. Yeah, I did. It was uh, one of these great Simpsons memes where it was just an image of, like, Bart Simpson in bed and Homer leaning in really creepily, like, eyeball to eyeball. And it was, I think, Homer was labeled as Facebook ads and Bart was labeled as things I said out loud but never actually Google searched or whatever. Or some people even say, I was just thinking about this. It definitely started a conversation of people giving examples of these things. And I've experienced it too. We have a lot of advertisers that like vet stuff through us and sometimes I feel like I just say it or like I'm talking to you guys about it and I've never even like read copy or seen an email or gone to the site. Next thing you know, Facebook's serving me up, you know, Tushy or whatever. Bad, bad example, but like, you know, you know what I'm talking about. You've seen it happen before. Sure. No, there, there's a reason for that. So, you know, we get into why – what are the motives behind all of this surveillance? Mm-hmm. We kind of talked about a little bit uh, tracking our preferences and everything. But honestly, like what are you going to do with all of that? If you, if you start to really think about it and understand what the economic model is behind all this stuff, you realize that it's because we – you, me, each of us, we are the batteries of the economic system. It We're is, the product. It's well, literally yeah. the matrix. Yeah, absolutely. We, we are living in the matrix, everybody. We are inside our pods. Our pods consist of your smartphone and your smart TV and all the things you interact with, your laptop. That, that is us. We are the byproducts of a lifestyle obsession, <clears throat> a fight club. No, and, and, and here's the thing too. We mentioned, I mentioned this off air. Um, I got that Amazon TV because it had a lot of features. It had really high resolution and it was dirt cheap. And TV prices, way down. And as we saw at the beginning of the show, TV sales, way up. And I think this, you can't ignore that there's an exchange going on there with like we're giving up this part of ourselves in exchange for cheaper and better more efficient technology. Well, one must ask, uh, at, at a certain point, one must ask where the income for the company is actually arriving from. Yes. Right? We've mentioned before, one of my favorite examples, and I, I won't go into it now because longtime listeners have already heard this. For a time, Target, the corporation, the retail store, was not making most of its money off of selling you know, people uh, baby toys and, and trousers. Do people still say trousers? Yeah, trousers. Okay, mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Knickerbockers, whatever. Uh, they were making the bulk of their income, a, a huge proportion of it, from selling their security system infrastructure to other companies, kind of like the way McDonald's makes most of its money through real estate. So it's okay to sell a television at a phenomenal loss, right, when you know you're going to recoup that money and then some on something else. And I think that's what's happening with the televisions. Would you agree? I I mean, it sure seems like that to me. So we we know that no matter who you are, no matter where you are in this wide world or just orbiting around it, you have something that really wants to be your friend, wants to be your best friend, your, your teacher, your mother, your secret lover, to quote Homer Simpson. And this thing that can't wait to be your best friend is called the advertising industry. It's had its eye on you for a while. It already knows a lot about you, right, Matt? Oh, yeah. It knows a great deal about you. But it wants to go deeper. It wants to go therapist style on you. It wants to know what you love. What do you hate who do you trust? And also, how much liquid cash can you get your hands on in the short term? No, okay, again, we're joking a little bit, but you get the point. Uh, for real, they want to know how much you can spend and what you would want to spend it on mm-hmm. if you absolutely could right now. 
If somebody just popped something in front of your face right now, what is the number one thing you would buy? Because we'll find it and we will show it to you and you will buy it. Yeah, and companies just gobble up all of this data because um, the the – the level of technology that we're at right now isn't quite as sophisticated as they would like. No. We're getting there. They're mm-hmm. certainly pushing it every day. But right now, it's just kind of like a throwing everything at the wall and seeing what sticks approach, you mm-hmm. know? Artificial intelligence, it turns out, in this regard at least, is not that intelligent. And it needs a ton of help. So It's efficient as it's, all hell. Sure. But it, but it is not – it cannot make the connections a lot of times unless it mm-hmm. is helped out by a human user. It's still a black box though. Mm-hmm. Great example. It works. I often get served ads for things that I've already bought. That's – yeah, I was going to say that too. That's like – it's – we're at the stage where in the Terminator franchise, the original cyborgs were easily discernible from <laughs> organic humans. Yeah. Right? Because it's a bit ridiculous. There's not any human advertiser who would say, well, this person just bought a toilet. So you know what they need? Five more toilets. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this like like what what's gonna happen? Are you gonna are you gonna have just bought a toilet? You'll see an ad for it, and then you'll go, No, oh, I don't know, maybe I'll just treat myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's it's bizarre. Well, maybe you're a contractor. Maybe it thinks we're all contractors and we're all building out That's bathrooms. A fair point. You know what I'm saying, yeah. And we know that we know that companies have a lot they want to do with this data, even if they can't entirely get the rubber to meet the road in practice. Uh, and we'll we'll expand that picture in a frightening way a little bit later. But for now, let's think of it this way: companies give all the data they can get their hands on. Even the stuff you would think is unimportant, they give all of that equal weighting when it comes to picking it up. There's nothing that gets ignored if it's able to be monitored and captured. And that's because AI programs, as we said, just aren't that intelligent yet. They are efficient, Matt, but they're not that intelligent. Like think about home surveillance systems. You have a – you know, uh, Noel, you and I probably have Amazon Echoes. Yes. Yeah. And you have a Google Home or something like that, Matt? Correct. Okay. So – These home surveillance systems, which is the correct (laughs) term for them, these home surveillance systems have these these assistants, these programs that will guess at what they think you said. But they still frequently miss the mark. You know what I mean? Right. But they also aren't listening, I think, in theory, unless you say that wake word, right, whatever that might be. No, no, they are always listening. Oh, hey. Because they have to hear the wake word. I love doing this. Let's prank someone who's listening to one of those in their house right now. Alexa. No. Alexa, play (laughs) Despacito. (laughs) Please don't. The remix or the original? We're kidding. We're kidding. Hope we're all still friends with our with our various devices, but but we say this to point out that these things are far from perfect, and there are a lot of people employed by these companies, human listeners, right? Just like many of us listening today, who are tasked with going through these things and seeing, listening to the recording that someone said, and then seeing what the assistant thought they said, mm-hmm. and then reconciling the two to build a better mousetrap for your personal information. Yes. And that is where we get into uh, the Amazon Echo story out of Bloomberg that we were going to talk about. Uh, and that is the fact that there are thousands of Amazon employees and contractors who, like Ben said, are tasked with lis- literally listening to what the microphone recorded in your living room. 
So if so, you were asking Noel about is the, is it always listening? Yes, the microphone is always turned on as long as you've got your Alexa plugged in or your Google Home plugged in. That mic is on and it is listening. It doesn't record anything until you say Alexa or computer or Echo or whatever the the keyword right. is. The sure. wake word. Yeah, sure. But which is a creepy phrase in and of itself, if you ask me. But that is literally an open mic. Sitting in your house, it's a hot mic, mm-hmm. and uh, that that is where it gets really creepy. But it also gets really creepy. Like, okay, on the surface, it makes complete sense. It's what Ben was saying. It's quality assurance, right? It's trying to make that AI better. It's an mm-hmm. educational thing for the system. But below the surface, like if you really break it down and you take away some of the words that are in there that make it feel like a fun and exciting new thing. There is this mic in your room. It's recording information, things that you're saying in your private home, and it's sending it to some person that you've never met. And then this stranger is going to transcribe exactly what you said in your living room. Then it's going to feed it back in that system so that when that mic hears you talk again, it knows exactly what you said. But again, it's only after you've said the wake word. It's, it's, it's not, they're not transcribing all your conversations in your living room. It's all, in theory, stuff that you are attempting to communicate to the device. Otherwise, it wouldn't be any use to them. It wouldn't help them improve the algorithm at all. My, my point here is that that is how it functions according to the way the creators want it to function, right? right. The people who have made this device. On the FAQ. Yes. Right. That's that is says. the forward-facing sure. thing. And I'm not saying Amazon is doing anything illegal or you know scary like that. But there is, there is an easy route there to exploit that microphone that's in your living room. That's well, sure. all I'm saying. So you're saying maybe if someone, a bad actor, let's say, got a hold of this, or do you think Amazon could potentially be the bad actor? Amazon's partners, let's let's say, let's foreshadow it that way. Okay. Amazon's uh, Amazon's buddies, the folks in bed with it. But Matt, what's interesting to me about this is that you are talking in terms of an above-the-surface level. Yes. Uh, my spider sense tells me you've got a below-the-surface take. No, well, the below the, the below the surface take is just, in my mind, the reality of the situation. Of we've talked about it before on here. We kind of hit it a couple times in this episode already. Just that we are literally bugging ourselves, and you know, right. and you think when you think about a, a world in which perhaps the powers that be end up ruling, let's just say this United States that we live in. Let's say that some group comes along and takes over and now it is illegal in this land to do X. And let's say your family or your living situation is X. Now there is a microphone in your living room or your kitchen or wherever it is. And if you're just having a, a regular conversation about what your life is and what you are doing, but it is illegal in this land and there's a mic in there. Right. There's potential that there you you could be Abused in some way or um, persecuted. That's you know all. It reminds me of the telescreens in 1984, which were like on this on one level seen as like a luxury and as like a really cool technological gadget where you could watch all of these whatever entertainment you so wished. But it was a two way thing. It was monitoring you, but. There's a certain acceptance of it, you know? Like, it's not secret monitoring. Everyone knows they're being monitored. They just know to stay in line and not uh, fall outside of the party, you know, doctrine or whatever. And we've kind of found ourselves in a very similar situation. We're, like, complicit in our own surveillance. Orwell was nothing if not prescient in that regard. There's a – here's a real-life example or something that could play out plausibly, and this is heavy stuff. So imagine that you live in – a country that is 
of least economic developed country, economically developed country. And that country has an authoritarian government and they have strict religious laws of one sort or another. Now, let's say that uh, for a time there was a different regime and you were maybe in a same-sex relationship. And you and your partner lived lived your normal everyday life, right? You just happened to have your device on because you like to hear music when you cook. Who doesn't like that? But then the regime changes. And now, uh, now again, uh, same-sex relationships are forbidden or haram or whatever. And now that stuff that you said that got hoovered up into the cloud – now it, it makes you complicit in what that government sees as a crime. And that means that according to that government, uh, the stuff that you did, which was perfectly fine, your relationship was perfectly fine until someone retroactively decided it wasn't. And now because you wanted to hear uh, – the remix to Ignition, mm-hmm. now just mm. because of the you know, conversation that occurred around that time, now you are in hot water and there's not a recourse to help you. That's a terrifying possibility. Matt, you were telling us off air that at least some companies like uh, Amazon attempt to quell those fears by publicly stating there are hard constraints on how long an Echo can record something. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and again, to Amazon's defense, I am being completely conspiratorial in this. Um, and I, it's just one of those weird foresight things that both Ben and I were talking about there. Um, but Amazon has stated that only a fraction of 1% of interactions with their devices actually uh, gets transcribed in this way. By a human. By a human. The, where it gets sent off, they transcribe it, they send it back in. Since the beginning of 2019, and this is, by the way, from August of 2019 from the Ambient, so eight months of uh, transcribing had had gone through and only 0.2% of all requests to Alexa had actually been transcribed. So that's very a very, very small number of conversations that actually get listened to and transcribed. Interesting how they put it in percentage, though, because putting it in percentage can make something, something seem smaller than it is in reality. Right. Well, it's right. a massive sample size, right? right? And so that small percentage... Um, is actually a massive number. Right, yeah. right. It just sounds a little more reasonable, right? Well, here's the, the great thing. Mm. When you say, uh, hey, whatever, Alexa, Google, uh, He's all not going to do it. You're yeah, not going to do I'd it. I'd spread it out enough. <laughs> uh, but when you do that, generally you ask a very short request or a very short question or something to that effect. And then it, it does the thing. And yeah. then like that window of uh, monitoring is over kind of, right? Generally, yeah. yeah. It lasts in, for about two seconds. That's the average. So when somebody is transcribing, that's literally all it all it says. Do you think they make good money doing that? Or is, is it like, do they do other no, stuff? No, it's Amazon. They're not getting paid very well at all. <laughs> is it sort Jeez. of like we, we as a company, we um, do a lot of transcribing interviews and stuff. Do you think it's very similar to that? Do you think they even outsource it? They couldn't outsource it. Is it is contractors. It is contractors. Some okay. of it's contractors, uh-huh. some of it's employees. Got it. And this practice has no – currently has no real legal constraints because as we know, technology always outpaces legislation. Tale as old as time. However, I I get the feeling that a lot of us were sort of aware that something's off with these home assistants or that there is some kind of transaction at play. If it's not terrible, if it's something we're okay with, we knew there was still something. And you can hear, you know, when things go wrong in 911 calls and all these other spooky stories about things going south with uh, Google or Amazon. But what about the other devices. We have some news for you about smart TVs. Uh, look around your room 
or wherever you happen to find yourself, is there a TV in there? Things are about to get very interesting for you after a word from our sponsors. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do. Enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com. F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by Facet. Facet Wealth is an SEC registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current Facet members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Smart journalism. Fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. All right, and we're back. Let's jump in to something we learned about thanks to New York Times in a 2018 article uh, about failing a failing New York Times. The f- they are not I failing. Know. I don't believe. I mean, not after this bump. That's right. Seriously, I mentioned this article in the gang stalking <laughs> episode. So you're welcome, New York. <laughs> yes, you did. Ben, <laughs> uh, Ben did bring this up, and we decided we were going to look into it, and we did. And now we can't look away forever. So it's a thing called Samba TV. That sounds fun. Samba TV. It sounds really fun. You know what else sounds fun? I'm going to skip down just a, just a tad. Um, how does this sound to you guys? Uh, hey, how about you want to interact with your favorite? shows. Get recommendations based on the content you love. Connect your devices for exclusive content and special offers. Uh, How about Samba Interactive TV? Let's you engage with your TV in a whole new way. That sounds great. Sounds damn good. I'm into that. So so what is Samba TV? Oh, hey, Matt, what's Samba TV? Um, Okay, I'll (laughs) I'll tell you. Um, It is a software, a piece of software that is present in a lot of television models, some models from nearly a dozen smart TV brands. Uh, And again, this is as of late 2018 that has changed. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are more included now. But it it is Sony, Sharp, Philips, uh, a lot of that. All the hits, all the good ones. Uh, And this software in particular – it identifies what is being watched on the the monitor, the television, by literally analyzing the pixels displayed yep. and then comparing that data to a set of known media mm-hmm. that exists out there. It's a similar way like audio things or even YouTube things are flagged for yes. copyright violations. Yes, but in this case, it is the end user. 
that is the the actual piece of hardware that is being monitored, right? right. And um, this was always coming. Nielsen ratings, like the Nielsen Institution, wanted this. Yes, right? there there needed to be a way to find out who was watching what when. Mm-hmm. Um, and in particular, when you're talking about who, it means everybody who is is around, not just that this household is watching something. Right. Um, but but here's the, here's the idea. Your viewing history is then in part used to suggest, as Noel was saying, as the flowery language there that's actually present in the PR from Samba TV. Oh, yeah. They wrote that copy. Oh, it's, it's not only the PR. It's it, the opt-in message. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. It's used to suggest the next content that mm. Samba TV believes you will yourself enjoy. Um, but that is not all that Samba TV does. It also identifies all the other devices that are connected to the same network through which it is uh, accessing the internet. So uh, your friend comes over, they have a phone with Wi-Fi. Now they're in the they're in the loop as well. Yes. If you are Netflix and chilling or whatever the kids call it these days at somebody else's house mm-hmm. or apartment uh, so, and Samba TV is there, it knows that you're there because and, it can identify your device and the MAC address and all those things. And here's yeah. the thing. Uh, th- this company claims that it is adhering very closely to privacy guidelines set forth by the uh, Federal Trade Commission, that it does not directly sell any of this data. Instead, advertisers can pay the company to kind of guide the hand of the ads sure. and the placement, which, which makes sense. It doesn't sound too insidious, right? Well – it's directing ads to the other devices that are present who they believe are watching the television program, right? Right, right. And so your opt-in stuff happens at the television, right, at the TV. Yeah. So wait a minute. But so it doesn't you, happen at your smartphone necessarily if you walk into someone else's house. So I'm saying That's you've what I'm opted saying. in. So how, how, how do they get around the legality of other people? Like are they automatically part of your opt-in when they I join your so. wireless yeah, network? Not, that's what I'm saying. There's not informed consent. That's really interesting. And also think about this. This technology is amazing if our species was – less of a garbage fire, we could use this to do wonderful things for, you know, say someone's mental health, right? And someone's like, okay, I see you've watched Faces of Death 4 nine times in a row. I'd like to recommend The Great British Baking Show. You know what I mean? (laughs) Just chill for a second. Do do a better job with your content consumption. No, it's totally true. Um, And when you... Let's say you plug in your new uh, smart TV Mm -hmm. um, and it has Samba on it. It will present you with that very flowery language. That's the opt-in message. There is a giant – Terms of service and privacy policy, you know, page that you can peruse if you wish. Um, I believe it's 6,500 words for the terms of service and 4,000 words for the privacy policy. But why would you even bother doing that when you can interact with your favorite shows, get recommendations based on the content that you love? That terms of service is a real page turner. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But why would you want to do that when this seems so innocuous and you just want to start playing your Fallout 4? Yeah. Well, see, that's not – the real insidious thing here is that let's let's put yourself in the position of you've spent let's say the last couple of months saving up money because you really you know you need to get this new TV you're really excited about it uh, you finally get it right and you're installing it you're you know your hands are all sweaty because you know Fallout Four the next playthrough is about to happen you're like oh my god this is I'm so excited you plug this thing in you start going through the initialization process the Samba thing pops up and. Uh, you know, you can – you literally have to decide if you're going to spend an hour parsing through all of that legalese or if you're going to get to whatever it is you, you wanted to get to. And most people mm. just 
click enable and move forward. It has nothing to do with the flowery language or anything like that. It says enable. Okay, yes, this gets me to the next thing. Just click enable. And that is exactly what most people do. Right. On the order of an estimated 90%, a vast majority of people do click enable. And once this stuff is up and running, it's uh, Katie bar the doors, they used to say in days of yore. Samba sees everything that is displayed on the monitor, regardless of what you're watching or playing or how you're displaying it. It doesn't matter if you're watching TV. uh, It doesn't matter if you're watching a film. It doesn't matter if you're broadcasting a home video, right? Yeah, it could be it could be literally anything. You know, if you are broadcasting a home video of something that you wouldn't want anyone else to see, Samba TV is analyzing it. It isn't necessarily matching up with any known media. Sure. But if you broadcast the same kind of home videos, let's say of your kids, maybe a romantic video you made with your partner. Um, I mean, honestly, who knows? That's, again, taking a little bit further than the known technology or the known reasons for using it. But it could be used in the future by someone to figure out uh, very personal, intimate things about you. But it's sort of like when we read about the NSA and the way the NSA was monitoring people's phone calls. They weren't recording the actual audio. They were just capturing the metadata. So they knew how long a call lasted or like, you know, who this web of like interconnectedness Mm -hmm. or whatever. It's similar with this. It's not like they're recording actually what you're streaming, they're just capturing the data of what it is, how long you watched it for, et cetera. Of the pixels. Of the pixels, right. So so this – OK, this uh, this is true. Even, even if we want to be as skeptical or I should say as credulous mm-hmm. as we can and if we take those pieces of stated PR copy at their word – this still has a ton of hilarious, cartoonish vulnerabilities. You can learn too much about people, and there's no way for the end user to stop it uh, other than try to opt out. But opting out doesn't delete all the stuff that is already learned about you. Are we being paranoid? Perhaps. Or perhaps we should introduce you to Alfonso. Oh, God. I love that name, Alfonso. Okay, so just to break this down thus far, we've got our personal assistants that always are on Snitches, listening. Traders. <laughs> no matter no matter if we're saying the keywords or not, they have their microphone on and they are listening. They aren't necessarily recording all the time, but they are. Now you have your smartphone over there that is literally watching what you're watching too, and it is making informed decisions about what you watch and sending ads to all the devices in your house. Now, let's say you're on one of those devices. Let's say it's an Android device. Let's say you went to the Google Play, whatever it is, app store thing, and you've downloaded some apps and some games. Well, a lot of these apps and games, not all of them, but a lot of them have partnered with this this uh, thing called Alfonso. Alfonso. So this is uh, a yeah. really interesting little little piece of software that's attached to these apps. And what it will do is prompt you to enable the use of your microphone. Right. And these would be things that do not ostensibly need that kind of access. Pool 3D, beer pong, trick shot, real bowling strike, 10 pen, you know, these kind of word salad names. Little yeah. fun waste of time apps. Well, and not just those, some anti-spying software. Sure. There's there's a ton of apps out there. Right, because it's it's this 
Alfonso is app agnostic. Yes. Uh, so here's what happens. Here's why they want that microphone access. Because when you're using this app or when you grant this app microphone access, Alfonso can figure out what you happen to watch by identifying audio signals in television ads and shows and even matching that information with the places people visit and the movies they see. Really quickly, here is how it works. So you're, we're all hanging out. We're watching some television show that we're into. Let's go with uh, Lost, something with commercials. So when the show switches to commercial, there is a pitch an audio signal that goes out to the room. You cannot hear it. Your pets cannot hear it. Your kids cannot hear it. No one can hear it, and no one is supposed to hear it. It's only for your phone. That's, and that's what they do. They communicate with your phone. And then the phone will also let people know via Alfonso. The phone will let the, um, the users of the app the real app, the users of Alfonso, uh, understand who is in that room, where they came from, maybe where they're going, and what they would like to buy. That's not what you sign up for when you walk, you know, you go to a potluck at your friend's house to watch some kind of film, right? And how many apps are we talking here? Well, okay, so according to the New York Times, there were over 250 apps on the Google Play Store with uh, this feature, right? Um, and if you want, if you head over to the Google Play Store and you type in quotations, Alfonso Automated, that's A-L-P-H-O-N-S-O-A-U-T-O-M-A-T-E-D, and you will find all of the various apps that have this thing installed. But then if you, if you look at an interview with some Alfonso um, people, they said that there are thousands of apps that they've partnered with and they didn't want to disclose all of them because they have competitors who are trying to basically uh, get poach in on their them. territory. Yeah. yeah, poach their territory. Remember when spyware was a big concern? This is like some next level spyware. This is spyware. Yeah, yeah. but it's like different, right? It's like it literally is – opt-in. Sp- right. It's spying on you. It's, well, yeah, it's crazy. And, and now we know it's cyclical. So it's all of the devices – functioning together in this web of trying to figure out what you want the most and how to display that thing to you the most effectively. A gestalt effect, yeah. This this also, this problem becomes complicated even further when we realize that private entity institutions are not the only actors in this sphere. Indeed, they may be some of the more innocuous I love that you mentioned spyware, Noel, because the best spyware right now is being built not by private industry but by state actors. We mentioned Amazon's partners, right? Amazon's partners using the data. Amazon's partners are alphabet soup intelligence agencies or strongly thought to be so. Allegedly. Especially thanks to that early cash injection. Right, exactly. So according to a Washington Post article from 2017, the United States government has already turned theoretical exploits and vulnerabilities in this kind of stuff into functioning attack tools. One of these goes by the objectively badass name Weeping Angel. Weeping Angel is specifically meant to target Samsung TVs. This is just a small microcosmic example, and this is at least what it was doing two years ago. Uh, According to WikiLeaks, 
After infestation, Weeping Angel places a target TV in a fake off mode so that the owner believes the TV's off when it's still on. And then in this fake off mode, the TV operates as a bug, recording conversations in the room and then sending them over the cloud to a covert CIA server. This sounds bonkers. This sounds bananas. I can't believe it's real. Why would anybody ever be paranoid that they're being listened to? Right, right, right. Why would they? That's crazy. <laughs> and I, uh, I hope whomever is listening to this around a smart television has unplugged their headphones and is listening on speaker. Mm. You know, uh, okay, look, everything – I just have to say this. Everything we've been discussing today, uh, if you are of a certain mind, perhaps like myself uh, quite a lot, quite frequently, um, it could lead you down a dark pathway where it feels as though – there's surveillance everywhere and you're being targeted or in some way. Uh, we can assure you this is not just about you. No matter no matter what you may think or no matter what you may believe. Sure. Uh, it is it, – it's mass. It's, it's, it's everybody. Mm-hmm. And again, it is not necessarily nefarious, um, but it's real. <laughs> I, that's a matter of perspective. There is a certain self-importance or self – aggrandizing that occurs when people are suffering from paranoid delusions, right? But being paranoid about this sort of stuff does not make you delusional. It means that you have unfortunately turned over the rock and you've seen the things squirming in the darkness beneath. This is very real stuff. I love that and I also am terrified by it. But, you know, it's not all bad. I mean there are ways – kind of at least stemming some of this stuff a little bit, right? Yeah. Um, so How To Geek actually has an easy-to-follow guide on how to stop Google Home from recording you all the time. Google Home has a thing where it actually saves your voice memo, so you can check that out. Um, you have to opt in for constant recording, allegedly. Well, you can, if you're an existing user, opt out. Yeah, that's the that's the whole thing. They've updated their terms of service, uh, basically Google Home has. Right. Uh, and actually uh, Amazon has done something similar there where you have more choices now. Um, but if you're an – I think if you're a legacy user, you actually can't get out of some of the agreements you wow, already signed into. No kidding, huh? Yeah. Um, somebody somebody fact-checked me on that, but I recall reading that this morning. Um Here's the good thing. Remember Samba TV we were talking about that felt yeah. so creepy? Literally all you have to do is say disable when you get to that screen and you're installing your TV. That's all you have to do and do you, you're done. Do you really not think it has something – like why do you think people are so prone? 90 percent is such a massive like amount like are so prone to click enable. Because you've got a new toy. I and think you that's take, part of you it. You want to take full advantage because yeah. it's presented, like I said, as this lovely way of like making this a better experience yeah. for you, the user. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't I want that? Well, and it's a menu that you have to click through, right? So think about it this way. If it's on enable, so you, your cursor is on enable when the screen pops up, you'd have to go down to terms of service, down to privacy policy, down to learn more, down one more to disable. The clicks. The, as stupid as that sounds and you know, benign as five clicks or four clicks, mm-hmm. people will take the easier route and just say, okay, fine, enable. I'm in a hurry. I can't do that. I got MF places to be. You know what I mean? It's true. So it's, it is true, and it's, uh, it's an exploit not just of technology, but an exploit of our own hardwired physiology. We're, our brains are built to function this way, right? And this leads us to 
uh, some conclusions in what is very much an ongoing event, right? Uh, the first conclusion is that there are some issues remaining. There's a lack of accountability. One of the primary issues in this conversation is the utter lack of accountability on the part of private institutions as well as government agencies. It is not difficult to imagine these companies cooperating with intelligence agencies, further exacerbating the legal pitfalls involved. And again, it's important to point out, just as a cheapskate, it's important to point out that the people getting their data gathered are not paid for that information. Quite the opposite. It used to be, you know, what's that old adage we always said? If you're not paying for it, you're not the customer, you're the product, yes. right? But now it, the the pendulum swings a little bit further in the, in the wrong direction, in my opinion, because we are paying for these services. Yeah. We are paying Amazon. We are paying Google to spy on us uh, to whatever end. And we are not we are not accounting not only for this. We're not accounting for the larger problem, which is that insurance companies aggregate this information. Your financial institutions aggregate this information. And there is nothing that stops them from cooperating together to build a footprint of you close enough the the idea is that this this footprint this uh, this digital impression of you will one day have the fidelity such that it can predict future actions you will take. So you're saying that it could, in theory, be used against you. Yes, very much so. We're saying they're going to make Android versions of you, Noel. That's, I'm cool with that. That's I could what, use some help. Yeah, but it's not going to be about you anymore. No, no, it's going to be Amazon well, Android like cloud clone of me. <laughs> And yeah. and it's it's fascinating when you think about it because I'm joking, by the way. no I, I, I no you're not joking though. we're it's on like the a, cusp it's a, it's it's like a shape of me that is my data you know Ooh. like that's out there in the matrix it's yeah. a null shaped data cluster or a mat shaped data cluster yeah. a Seth shaped cluster Seth shaped cluster. That's that a, sounds like a band. Yeah, that it sounds does, like right? a tasty treat. It does. I feel like it's yeah. maybe a it's maybe like a hostess thing. So we are. Brilliant ideas for uh, desserts and treats aside. We are all in this together. We are looking at the end of privacy as we recognize it. And that's sort of tricky. That sounds more dramatic than it really is because the concept of privacy as we know and enjoy it today is relatively recent. Yes. Right? And everything we've learned indicates that type of privacy we idealize may end up becoming a short-lived fad to future historians. We're entering, you know, Matt, you and I talked about this a long time ago, an inequality of privacy, right? Privacy is a new currency. Uh, some of the, the world's most uh, influential, powerful, successful people still have this kind of privacy, right? Yeah. A weird example is just think about how much it costs to get a good tint on your windows. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> I'm not kidding. If you if you see someone drive by with perfectly tinted, like the darkest windows you've ever seen, that is expensive. Mm. Well, and that's literally privacy just in your car. Anyway, I'm, I'm sorry. It's I feel not like a great you've got example. something going on. Is your car okay? Do you need? No, some? no. I'm just saying that that amount of privacy just to be on the road driving I costs see. money. I right? see. Yeah. And uh, if you think about really good shutters on a home or something mm -hmm. like that, um, in those little examples, it it takes quite a bit of means 
to protect yourself just from someone viewing with their eyeballs where you are at any time. And then if you apply that to the digital space, mm-hmm. uh, it gets more and more expensive. It's, it's creating something very similar uh, in nuts and bolts and the mechanics of it to the infamous Sesame Credit that's occurring in the Chinese mainland. Ooh, precisely. And I'm not being alarmist about this and I don't, I, you know, I don't want people to be any more frightened that is absolutely appropriate. You should be a little. The, it, we're at the Pandora problem, right? Once the Pandora's uh, jar is unscrewed, once the lid is off, there is no going back. There were some rumblings in Congress about investigating what is essentially a smart TV spy ring. But the advantages of keeping the technology in play for now seem to outweigh the problems of consent, And the fact that consent is not occurring and the fact that, yes, this could partner up with your uh, your information from other places uh, such that it might affect your ability to get a car loan. It might affect where you can live. This can get very dirty very quickly. It's a slippery slope and especially once – I mean what what if like we can't opt out anymore, you know, if if that goes away? Like are we really – owed that right to opt out. Like it's sort of like a, almost a PR move to allow us to opt out. Like you, you could very easily say as the manufacturer of a product, say, well, if you don't want us to have your data, don't buy the product. Like it's sort of like almost a courtesy if you think about it to allow people to opt out of this. Yeah, but what you if could just Are you owed a fancy television? Well, but it's – No. No, but, it's, but are you owed – uh, are you owed – are you required to participate in some of these systems? Insurance, one is required to do so. Absolutely. Right? That's different, I think. But I guess what I'm saying is like with the, t- the television, all these are gadgets that like you could not necessarily call necessities. Well, think about, think about most people with a steady job. Think about email communication nowadays or an app that's used wherever you work or, you know, so they're – you, you have to have some kind of connection like that. You really do. And with most of these devices, you're going to run into these issues. Or add to that the compounding complicating factor that for, the, uh, for a huge proportion of people who have mobile phones, it's their only way to access uh, not just the internet, but it's their primary tool uh, for any financial dealings, yes. like people's lives hinge on this thing. Yes. So I, I see both sides of that, but here's what I, I think we can end with. We can say it's not just the United States. Way back in 2017, when WikiLeaks released this, uh, they showed that digital spying is going to continue to grow. It's not going to go away. We're talking about the weeping angel thing, right? Right, weeping angel in specific, which again is just for Samsung TVs and it's relatively low tech. You have to put a USB uh, stick in there, but now you don't. Now it's now it's a whole different thing. Uh, you you know anybody got uh, sort of irritated when you bought a new cell phone and it had stuff pre-installed that you can't move? Think about this times a thousand. That's what's happening. That's what's going to happen. And it's not just happening in the U.S. Other advanced nations, China, Russia, Britain, Israel, and so on, are creating newer, more robust, powerful tools to do this. And any any nation that can gain access to this kind of spying technology is going to do so. And they can do it through a web of private industry. There, there are no laws. This is Wild West. And it's very bad. It's very bad for the people who are not at the top of the food chain. And with that, 
we all threw away our devices. We got out our acoustic guitars, our ukuleles. I started sang Kumbaya. We, I started writing my version of Ralph Waldo Emerson's uh, On Nature, right? That's correct. Yeah. Uh, got our, uh, my djembe out, and we just started playing. Finger cymbals. Yep. From me. Zills, too. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we just, you know, communed with nature for the rest of our lives and uh, watched the sunset yeah. dissipate over the horizon. I had an ashram in Quebec. Yeah, and then we all woke up and went back to work. Yeah, that's true. And hey, listen, I'm just being devil's advocate here about like, are you owed a smart TV? And I agree. It's yes. a great question. Well, with the with the phone, though, you're right. The phone is for many an affordable entry point to the internet. Yeah, because it doubles as a you know a crucial communication device and a way to access the internet, which we can all agree is a necessity for things like banking. Everything, you know, I mean, everything starts on the internet now. The dark sure. web. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I would argue that for the things like, you know, an Alexa, do we do we need an Alexa? Maybe maybe for accessibility. Maybe maybe no. that's a thing. Maybe, maybe for like people with disabilities, an Alexa could be a very important addition to a home. For others, I think it's more of a luxury and sort of like a neat little gadget. You no, know? you're absolutely right. And you all – nobody needs a smart television monitor, Right. But very soon, the only available televisions will be smart televisions, at least uh, ones that are easily purchased. I think what I was getting at when Ben talked about the Sesame Credit and the slippery slope of all this is what if there does come a time where you can't opt out anymore? Just by buying the thing and installing it in your home, you're opting in. The only way to opt out is to not buy it or to buy something else. There you go. Or go live in the woods and And, chop wood all day. And while we're – talking about needs and wants, there is one thing that we definitely want, and that is to hear from you. Do you think this is alarmist? Are you, are you, do you find yourself more on the side of, well, if you're not doing anything wrong, what are you worried about? You know, what's a big diff, right? Uh, or are you more on the side of where you think this is an even more um, potentially dangerous situation than what we've outlined today. Uh, Let us know. We would love to hear from you. You can find us any number of ways. We're all over the internet. Not as, not as like widespread as the NSA, but you know, we're out there. You can find us. Uh, We're on Facebook at here's where it gets crazy, where you can talk to our favorite part of the show, your fellow listeners. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram, the, the whole, the whole kit and caboodle, the whole bag of badgers, the whole nine. And that's not all. Yeah. If you want to give us a phone call, you can leave a message. Our number is one eight three three S T D W Y T K. If you do leave a message, let us know if you'd like us to use your name on the air. If you want to remain anonymous, if it's just for us, or it's for all the listeners. Just give us all that info up front. Uh, and if you don't want to do that, you can, you can send opt a- out. Oh yeah, you yeah. can opt out. You can opt out of this whole thing. Just turn off your podcast player right now. Yeah. Uh, but if you don't want to do that and you want to send us an email, you can. We are conspiracy at iheartradio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. 
I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Thank you. 